This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 253. Guide to the Council Calaris. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. I thought I'd retired. They keep roping me back in. You, you have retired, you Matt. Thi- <laughs> you have retired, okay? Don't worry, Matt. You have retired, all right? The show will will the show must go on, Matt. But we are in the Matt has retired phase. I am now of one Space of the Cats, talking Turtles. heads at like a sports center desk i no longer yeah i remember back when i played man my bunk knee it sure did have problems right there at the end but i tell you in 88 i was the star yeah oh yeah that's true matt you were when were you a star exactly in your Mm. twilight imperium career stop it (laughs) stop this stop was it like before the show started was Was that what it was before we were like on the record in any way is that when you were a star (laughs) i actually think that's the truth of it yeah. I think your I think your most successful days with Twilight Imperium are de- they're definitely behind you. Let's yeah, be real, of course. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think there was an era there, and yeah. it was it was called Twilight Imperium Third Edition. Yeah, actually. Yeah, and even then, I wasn't very good. <laughs> I think you were pretty good in the in TI our three days. Group, I couldn't. We didn't compete at that when we played at the tournament at Gen Con in 2014. Didn't go so hot. Didn't didn't go well didn't go well and we colluded and that's how bad we were you and connor right yeah, it was yeah. you and connor colluded mm-hmm. in the yeah. tw- i can't believe I you're admitting colluded. to this on that's air. a jo- it's a joke we we didn't work very hard against each other but we weren't right. trying to just make sure one of us won right i played well Mentak. i mean i remember that we do what i played mentak and he was sardak that's what i remember Whoa, you played Mentak. Whoa. I loved mentak and ti3 oh that's true you used to be a big mentak fan and then that yep. kind of went away a little bit Yep. Yeah, I feel like with TI four it sort of did. It 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 kind of it kind of shifted. Yeah, you've you've always been a Joel Narhead. Yes, and I think that has stayed mighty true. It's, it's stronger than ever. <laughs> stronger than ever. Your your love for the Jolnar. Yeah. Well, today we are not talking about the Jolnar at all. We're yeah. talking about this brand spanking new faction. Yep. The hot to trot we tried new to be kid done. in town yep we wanted to be done with guides and and ding dang dane gave us a new faction to have to talk about right well and and i say i say we're at the beginning of a brand new experiment yeah of uh of better guides of, of sure. more guides i just i just will it will be a lonely a lonely project <laughs> that i shall toil away on myself <laughs> And I'll I'll be submitting I'll be turning in uh, one a month, yeah, sir. To, to, each, to me. each month I will say, boss, I got a new one on uh-huh. your desk, and you'll mm. be like, okay, looks, cool, looks, looks fine, sure, looks good, <laughs> yes, sure, we can air this, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, we can uh-huh. air this. It'll it'll serve. Uh, yeah. Before we get into that, though, we should do a quick little thing and tell you, hey, oh my gosh, five semifinal games are done, and yeah. only one remains. The conclusion to the semifinals is this Friday, 
Game 6 at 1400 UTC. That's 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. This is how we will... you, You come and watch this to see who our final finalist will be. A final finalist. Uh, this group, the group for Game 6, I'm really excited about. It is the most, like, kind of newcomer yeah. group, which is really exciting. Uh, yeah. Not a lot of legacy faces in it. Um, I, they are people I've played with before. Yeah. Um, and a, and a, a few of them, to me, are brand new to me that I am uh, quite excited for. Right. Um, although, I will say this. We do not root for them all equally when no. it comes to the schedule. No, this the other theme of this group is the reason this weird game is happening one weekend later and on a Friday is because the theme is, I don't want any of them to win. <laughs> <laughs> They're all bad for Matt to get the schedule he w- hopes and dreams for. Right, That's already out, out the window. <laughs> turns out, Matt... In the summer, people do fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, they, they do like. things and they do they prioritize like you know their living their and lives. their life. Yeah. yeah, they they prioritize that over Twilight Imperium. And hey, I get it, but boy, boy, is it annoying that this thing takes seven months to do. <laughs> we are never, ever, ever, yeah, going to be doing the finals in the semifinals and the finals this yeah. year. We've done it during the summer, and it will never be again. Yeah, ever, ever, ever. I hope. Um, speaking of the finals, Matt, yeah. do we have some potential dates at this so, point to throw out to people? I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it feels like we are settling on and and prepare yourself, dear listener, because it's there's going to be a break. There was a bit of a break last year. There's going to be a bit of a break this year. The finals so far look like they will either be Saturday, July twenty third. Yeah. Or Saturday, July 30th. That's yeah. like a three or four week break between the end of the semifinals and the beginning of uh, and, and the championship match. So right. I guess lots of time for Hunter and I to build up a lot of hype. Maybe we should just do a, a, end of, a road to the finals episode every single week instead of one. Just kidding. That's, that's, a, that's too much. That's a joke. That's a yeah. joke. But it will be fun to kind of like actually lead up to it and yeah. advertise it every single week right. it will be really funny if it ends up on the 30th because then yeah. there will be this kind of rock block of scpt events of the finals and then gen con and our yeah. live show at helium on august 4th starting at 8 p.m yeah in the in the helium in indianapolis indiana you can see us do a live episode yeah of this show please come to that if you're going to gen con or if you live near please 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 come to it you can you can pre-order a ticket now. We want to sell this puppy out and make us yeah. look really cool and make it look like, oh, look, it's like it's a, they're comedians or whatever. But also, I'll tell you this. I, we're planning some stuff. I got a dumb plan. Like, you want to come to this show. <laughs> Matt is going to have a crisis, a manufactured <laughs> crisis on stage. You don't want to miss that. I am all right? going. I guarantee you Hunter might, like... Hunter will disown me after this show based on what I plan to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he, he is planning something and he won't tell me what it is. Yeah. So you know yeah. it's a horrible idea. It's a horrible dad embarrassment. Matt embarrassment tells of me ideas all the time <laughs> and I'll be like, that's not good. We shouldn't do that. <laughs> but this one, he's not even telling me what it is. Yeah. I'm, I fear for us all. <laughs> I fear for us all. It's going to be, it's going to destroy us, whatever it is. 
So come see the last episode of Space Cats Peace Turtles ever, which will be a live episode at the Helium Comedy Club in yeah. Indianapolis, Indiana, August 4th, 8 p.m. You can get tickets now. Yeehaw. Go to Heli- Google Helium Indianapolis. <laughs> Look at the calendar. There'll be, I'll put a link in the show notes, too. We'll put a link in the show notes, everybody. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready to get into the episode proper? I don't. Hey, are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready, baby. <laughs> Great. Then, so then we are ready. <laughs> your guide yeah. to the Calarius. I want to. I want to talk about the background work yeah. and the journey sure. first of all to get here. So I, I just always like to reveal what the research was before we get into it. I have played three games as Calaris, mm-hmm. and I have won one of those games. In the other two games. I was in the pack. By golly, in the first one, I almost won. I was almost going to be able to say I've won twice as Calaris. I, I, right by the skin of my chinny chin chin, <laughs> I lost that first game. The skin of your chinny chin chin. The huh? skin of my chinny wow. chin chin. Not yeah. the hair. It went all yeah, the way the down skin. through to the follicles and into it's, the skin. It's by, it was the skin because I was I was shaved that yeah, sure. that day. No sure. beard you on this chin. <laughs> yeah, my 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 chinny chin chin was beardless uh-huh. that day. Yeah. Um. So yeah, lost it by the skin. I meant the skin of my teeth. I'm realizing <laughs> yeah, I that's what it was. Hey, I really I, goofed it up there. I played against a Calaris that almost won and watched them closely. Their game went very different than any of Hunter's games went. Though, I'll say that much. But, uh, so yeah. very different kind of research. Also, it was like a homebrew game, so it kind of only half counts. Although it was not very involved homebrew, so uh, uh, mileage varies. Whatever, who cares? Yeah, I think I, I I do. I will say this though, not to push back on what you said at all, Matt. Uh, but one of the things that I think is a strength of Calaris, uh, just to get into some of the theoretical framework here, yeah. is they are sort of like uh, Federation of Soul, where they are a pretty good, not perfect, they're not the best, yeah. but they are a pretty good custodians faction, mm-hmm. meaning they can reliably get good scoring tempo. Right. Um, and your homebrew game was ex- specifically exploring kind of throwing yes. the tempo off or speeding up the tempo. For so sure. I feel like that could obfuscate a little bit what makes this faction great. Um, yes, I will say, I mean, their tech path was also wild and, and is also the result of why things were very strange. So it's, yeah. it's a whole different, it's a whole different makeup. But let's, let's well, get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. So what is this faction? We have already covered the components yeah. in an episode we did like, I don't know, a couple weeks back, maybe a month back. Yeah. We are going to go through the components again. Uh, this time qu- quickly, Very like quickly. faster than we did last time, and I will throw out a few opinions as we go, but sure. only a few. Most of, mostly, we want to get the components out there, and then we'll do analysis, yeah. synthesis. Okay, sure. is what we're looking for. Sure. So okay. where we where do we want to start with this puppy? Let's start with their start starting units. They have two carriers and two infantry, and they also have two fighters and one cruiser. No PDS, nothing like that. So a two C two I, lacking a little bit of infantry at the start. Yeah, um, pretty standard start. Not really much of a problem, just that we would like some more infantry, generally speaking, but yeah. pretty pretty good. Um, the big thing, Matt, what do you got? I was also going to throw out, we'll talk about their abilities, but we should basically include one of their abilities in part of their start. If we're talking about the standard 2C4I, like, oh, two carriers, we want four infantry, we, la- we only have two. We also start with two commodities, like we can get... Yeah. We can get the money we need. We start with exactly two commodities and a trade good, my man. So we've, yeah, got, that's right. we've literally got the trade good for the yes. other two infantry. Um, kind of a theme of their start is this idea of like, 
Uh-oh, but wait, never mind. It's fine. <laughs> um, their biggest, I yes. think, boon, and this cannot be underestimated. I think this is more important than even their abilities. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. The way their starting tech works is, uh, well, I'll be frank. It's kind of lazy, um, <laughs> but it's really good. It's yeah. just, it makes sense thematically yes. what's happening. Their starting tech is just any two tech that's owned by the other factions. Yes. Any two of them. Yeah. And I'm so going to argue. Mean? Yeah, yeah. What does that mean, Hunter? What do we actually want here? Then? Sure. We can just pick anything of the people sitting at this table. What are right. we after? Right. So I want to remind everybody, these guide episodes, they're for the less experienced players. They are not for, you know, the ultimate cool people who do weird stuff with tech and are geniuses. It's basically, it's for everybody except for the Deft Piper, basically. <laughs> Deft Piper's left out of the guide episode. Please do not listen, Deft. Yep. Everyone else can listen, though, and get something from this. But, of course, Deft Piper doesn't play by everyone's rules. Yeah. So, I'm going to argue something very sane, something very normal. We're going to take one blue, and we're going to take one yellow. Why not two blue, you say, <gasps> if you can? Why not, Hunter? Why not two blue? Well... The faction tech are both yellow yep. requirements. There are two yellow and a three yellow. And we would like to get on those stat. If we have one blue, then we can secondary into gravity drive on the first round. No probsies. Okay. Probsies. No probsies. So that means I've already cut out half of our options. Green and red. Bye-bye. Yeah. Not even going to talk about you, frankly. Right. Um, don't really have much to say. I mean, you can imagine the things I would say. If you, for some reason, have to go red, it's probably AI development algorithm, yeah. if right. you have that. Uh, if it's green, I don't know, biostims or psycho. We would love psycho, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, but what, what you're going to be looking for are the blues and the yellows. So uh, oftentimes that, that means you're going to start with anti-mass yeah. or possibly DET possibly sling obviously det and sling that just means you were in a game with empyrean right. or you're in a game with uh nomad yep. or you're in a game with winu winu's kind of great right winu's right. gonna pick a tech that you that want pick. right yeah probably they do pick first i think has been sort of decided at this point that winu picks their tech first i think we've kind of have forcibly fallen on that but i i don't know that dane has given the final say but i think we all agree that that's what it is Dane has not given final say on a lot of this stuff, I'll say. Yeah. So I'm not even really going to be very definitive about stuff like that. Yeah. Totally. Um, for now, we're going to assume that it will work out for you. Maybe it won't. Maybe the game will get harder for Calaris after Dane answers the mountain of questions. Yeah. Um, so we take one of those, right? Obviously, we grab drive would be awesome, right? And then we don't even need another blue. We just that's take what grab I was going to ask. So we, yeah. I played as ghosts in our game. I chose yeah. to enable Calaris, and their round sure. one was obviously great. Would you even get a second blue right away if you started with grab drive, or you would just dive straight into yellow from that point? It's tough. Uh, I would consider sling relay ah. or the faction tag. Fair. Um, so it just depends. It depends on how easily I'm going to get custodians would be the answer to that question. Okay. That will possibly make more sense the further we get into it. Yep. But for now, basically, we want a blue. And then what are our yellow options going to be? Well, I got to talk to you about Sarween for a second because we're going to talk about a tech in a minute that allows multiple productions. And guess what? For the first time ever, <laughs> a essentially a production ability yeah. allows us to use Sarween multiple times that's insane 
But we are talking about a faction where Sarween is good again. Yeah. So even though Scanlink is hot, Predictive is hot, these are hot options, I'm going to say our numero uno in the yellow tech is Sarween. That's a lot of value. Yeah. And we're kind of a little nickel and dime value faction. You'll see as we go. Graviton, obviously being the worst option, I'm not going to recommend a PDS build for Calaris yeah. at all. Um, so Graviton, not going to factor into this too much. Hopefully you don't have to choose Graviton, but there's only one situation where that would happen. That is, you're playing against Extra. That happened in our game too. <laughs> it was the only yellow tech was That's Graviton. Mean. Because you, I our Argent cages as Argent Flight specifically did not choose Sarween tools to block the Calaris. They chose Neural Motivator wow. and Plasma Scoring. It was hilarious. That's uh, obnoxious cages. And I unnecessary. Unnecessary. <laughs> unnecessary meanness on the play, I would say. I would call that as a ref. I would yeah. red card that. Yeah. Unnecessary meanness. Or what? what is that? That was that football line. He was giving him the business. That's what I would say. <laughs> giving him the business is what I would say. Look up the clip if you don't know what I'm talking about. Look up uh -huh. the clip. It's hilarious. Um, so that's enough about starting tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We will okay. talk more about tech later on. So their home system is a whole wackadoodle thing we've talked about. You get to choose between three different home systems based on the hero that you also want to get access to. So yeah. to start with that, just devoid of the leader stuff, you can either choose the Argent Flight home system of a 1-1, a 2-0, and a 0-2, which would by itself not really very often be our choice. Three planets is uh -huh. annoying. Or... Sure. Mentax 4-1, which is kind of the best option. It's a single planet, and it's four resources. Sounds great. Yep, I can get yep. tech. And then the final one is the extra home system, the 2-3-1-1, which is, like, actually a pretty great middle ground. It's, like, okay on influence. Two planets is not the worst thing in the world to try to make up for. So there you go. Whatever. That's, that's like, a choice you could make. But that's also going to be countered with their heroes that we'll talk about in a bit. So all I want to say is I think I liked your analysis folded in there, Matt. I think everything you said makes sense. At the very end of this guide, I'm actually going to weigh in on this home system thing. Yeah. It's not going to make a lot of sense for me to give you my opinions on it until we have everything out in front of us. Yes. But yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end of this guide, I'm going to say why I think it doesn't even really matter how hard you try. <laughs> it doesn't matter which one you pick. It yeah. really doesn't. It's it really not doesn't. that. I, I agree that Mentak is the best one. And even with the hero, it's the best one. I don't even really care about the heroes. The heroes are not super important. Sure. I'm going to basically say the leader suite. Who cares? The agent is like my favorite one of the yeah. heroes. So yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, uh, don't stress on it is what yeah. I would say. Yeah, don't overthink it. Uh, which is also the reason why we all should not overthink like our ways of incorporating Calaris into builds uh, like how we do how do you draft around class we all had that question at first and i believe absol was the staunch defender of just do it just doesn't matter quit freaking out and i am yeah. like i am a billion percent firmly in absol's court now like after seeing him it's like this decision actually doesn't matter so just do nope. it just like just get through it and then let claris pick a thing because they're not that impactful it, this faction is not defined by this aspect and i know that can maybe sound a little crazy yeah but I'm going to tell you what I think is really important yeah. here, and it's not this. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Uh, so let's get into their actual faction abilities. On the front of their sheet, there's the Tribuni. During setup, choose an unplayed faction. This is this thing. It's just that, what we just talked about. Then, uh, Council Patronage. Replenish commodities at the start of the strategy phase, then gain one trade good. That's what we talked about Oof. earlier as well. It does Real happen good. at the very start of the game, so you do it the first time, and all subsequent rounds, you start with some money. How awesome. 
And then finally, Law's Order, you may spend one influence at the start of your turn to treat all laws as blank until the end of your turn. We even play, we did like a Rada on our theory crafting episode yep. about this ability, and we Stads gave us a great list of the agendas this could possibly relate to. Exactly. And I honestly don't have time to even... I have nothing to add yes. to what we've already said about Law's Order. I know that might be annoying for people picking this episode out of the ether, and you didn't listen to the other ones. I promise you, it just doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> and when it does matter... I promise you'll remember. Just yeah. remember you have this. That's yeah. my advice to you. You'll remember you have Law's Order, and if something comes up and you're like, oh, I think this will matter right now. It does. Yeah. I promise. You did it. Good job. You, you figured you did out it. the Good job. You, you are need... smart. You yeah. do get this. <laughs> uh, next up is their flagship, the Artemis. Uh, other players must spend two influence to activate this system that contains this ship. Uh, it is a, a eight-cost Two on a seven, one move, six capacity flagship. Six capacity. So it's got extra capacity, pretty good for that. Hits not so great. And that ability, I think we have come to agree, is eh, fine. Eh, eh. The six capacity is my favorite part. Yeah. Best part. Uh, next up is the mech, which is similar to our Artemis. These are called the Omniopiaras? Mm, I still don't know. Uh, whatever. Uh, it's whatever. got the same damage. It costs two. It hits on a six. Other players must spend one influence to commit ground forces to the planet that contains this unit. And we have confirmed a thousand times now that is one influence, one at a time per mech. You have yeah. to spend an influence and then set, do a separate instance of spending an influence. So a planet that is one resource and two influence, you would spend the two influence for one influence spend of this mech so right essentially the best way to attack these mechs is with trade goods yeah you need you basically need to have trade goods or you need to have a bunch of uh, several planets that are worth one influence otherwise you're going to end up spending too much influence per because i'll go ahead and say now the strategy here is going to be putting more than one mech yeah on a single planet and hopefully that planet is called mechatol rex yeah uh, hopefully it is uh, either that or it's your home system right right so we're not really interested in spreading them out we want that ad that uh advantage that's sort of given to us by that reading which by the way just want to reiterate i don't like that reading it's kind of annoying to me mm -hmm. i think it should be cumulative yeah but i'm you know i don't make i don't make the call there yeah uh, also hilariously that we had extra in our game and they were the neighbor to the Calaris. And if you'll remember extra's hero makes their planets like all super valuable oh God. unless you have to spend them individually. So when you have like jail ear, which is a two, three, and it's the only planet you have untapped, you have to spend that entire planet to attack this mech. And that's $5 down the drain. And it's one mech and it's five bucks down the drain. And if it was two mechs, you wouldn't have enough influence <laughs> to do it. That's Even so messed you up. You can spend that planet and almost get two whole tokens for it yeah it's ridiculous it's ridiculous uh, so uh their promissory note is the calera's writer after an agenda is revealed you cannot vote predict uh if uh, you, you you predict an outcome and if your prediction is correct you draw one action card and you gain two trade goods and return this to the calera's player pretty neat we'll talk about it more when we get to trading mm-hmm 
Uh, their leader, Sweet, is their agent, Xander Alexin Victory III. At any time, you may exhaust this to allow any player to spend commodities as if they were trade goods. And as we noted earlier, you start every single round with commodities. Yeah, so this is to ensure that you do always get to use those. Um, of course, you can use this on other players if you happen to get your commodities refreshed, which is kind of maximum value town. Mm -hmm. However, you know, it, it's, it's fine. Um, you always keep track of what it's allowing you to do is at a specific time, you get to spend those commodities. You do not have to spend all of your commodities mm -hmm. at that time, which is maybe not so important for you, but maybe important for if you're going to lend this to another player. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, their commander is, hey, weirdly enough, Sufi Ann. She can just be in the game twice, which is right. Thematic, not weird. Like she's a, uh, that's she's her a pirate. Thing. She's a pirate yeah. and she's espionage. Turns out she's a double agent, which yeah. is pretty cool. I love it. Uh, their unlock is to spend. This is a weird unlock. Uh, Spend one trade good after you play an action card with a component action. And then the yeah. ability is after a component action, perform an additional action. The spending the one trade good is like a funny part of it, but that's also, it's like it would be too easy if it was just a component action, except for also it's not because sometimes you just don't get component action action cards. Like it's completely up to chance whether or not you get this. You know what I hate about it? What I would change about it right now mm. is I would change the unlock to read like this. Spend one trade good after you perform a component action. Oh, because sure. look, it, yeah. it says specifically play an action card. Yeah. It does not say component action. Right. Meaning if, if, if this read the way I just rewrote it, whenever we use the hero, if we've chosen the Mentac home system start, then we would always get a shot at it. Um, and honestly, if we chose extra as well, because we're always going to use the extra hero. The only hero that we're going to talk about in a minute, because we have three heroes, is maybe the Argent doesn't get used in most games. I did not use, in the time I played Argent, Calaris, I did not use the hero. And that's fine. That's not a big deal. Okay, so now let's go through those three heroes really quickly. And again, we're going to burn through these because uh, it doesn't matter very much but we'll they're kind not of super also, important and, yeah. and i would say it's pretty obvious how they help i i don't see a lot of need for analysis here yeah okay so the argent one which hunter just said he didn't get to like use use but you can you can get it pretty easily at the start of a round of space combat in a system that contains a planet you control place your flagship and two cruisers and or destroyers from your reinforcements in the active system then purge so it's like a defensive little Kind of like the Mentac hero, where it's like, oh, you yeah. attacked me, but I might be able to pop this and save myself from losing this combat. Right. Um, it's worth noting that it's at start of a round of space combat. Mm -hmm. It's not the first round. It can be right. any round. You can wait till you can lose some ships and then throw in some more. Right. Um, and of course, this is well after the timing window for the flagship, so they're not having to spend the two influence. We're not using that part right. of the ability uh, but, for Overwing Zeta. Yeah. You could have already had the flagship in this combat, kill it, and then gain it right back and oh, never yeah. lost it. <laughs> oh, yeah, buddy. It's fun in that way. Yeah. Um, I would say it's it's pretty interesting. Um, I think that in my game, it was used theoretically. Yeah. As in, oh, there were right. players looking at my systems and being like, oh, if we attack here then he's just going to use the hero mm -hmm. and we're going to lose that combat. It would be like, well, this is a combat I could win if not for that hero. Yeah. So 
that is some use like that's, that's not nothing yeah you told me about it as though it felt like actually a pretty big deal of like this crazy defensive posturing presence of it's the hero you don't ever want to use but it constantly yep. is related to and like you you made it sound like it held off multiple attacks on you when it did maybe some player should have just taken the bait and burned one bur burned a hit of it because you gotta you, like the other players need to work through this hero so it's not constantly talking everyone out of doing the attack or whatever it's a lot of potential hp that you're yeah. throwing in you're throwing in four hp into right. a combat now none of that stuff is hitting very good the flagship hits two on a seven that's not good cruisers yeah. are you know uh, all the same so it's like four on a seven not yeah. very good the destroyers are coming in at a point where you can't even afb so like yeah. i i don't know why you would ever pick destroyers because <laughs> you're after the afb part yeah. right yeah. Yeah, i mean i, I guess know. if you started with it then you would get to do afb because afb is at the start of a round of space combat if it's the first round afb is yes. in combat you, you yeah. do start a combat abilities and then the first round of the first combat is, is an afb so you could do yeah. it for explicit explicitly for that you'd only do that if you did destroyer 2 which this faction is rarely going well i mean yeah that's the only time it would really have some value right yeah, right um i like it because in that very weird scenario i just threw out i'm gonna make an argument that this faction is like pretty good at uh secret objectives yeah and we just threw out a very weird way that they could score the afb yeah. secret very yeah. unexpectedly right you know what i mean and that's <laughs> right. pretty cool right yeah, that's it's, pretty neat it's fun it's cute it's a it's a play of the week kind of thing uh next up is operation archon which is our extra hero so this is comboed with our two three one one home system after an agenda is revealed you may cast up to six additional votes on this agenda then predict aloud an outcome of this agenda for each player that votes for another outcome gain one trade good and one command token then purge in our theory crafting episode we didn't quite go far enough and we had to errata the idea that your vote and your prediction are two separate things so you can vote and then predict a different outcome and you automatically gain one trade good and one command token at, yep. the, at the bare minimum you get that out of this hero and beyond that i don't know yeah it's definitely more about the command tokens and the trade goods than it is about the six votes yeah who cares about the six votes i don't even need that at all uh the point is to uh wait for an elect player or some sort of weird elect x thing mm -hmm. where there's a million possible outcomes and then choose the the one no one's gonna pick yeah and then get yourself six command tokens and six trade goods that's value jerry yeah. <laughs> that's what we want all right, right. Who, we, right who cares about winning an agenda six votes doesn't win any agendas isn't that right argent <laughs> uh next up is the mentac hero which is then of course coupled with the 4-1 home system it is Erwan's covenant and this is the one regarded as the best one because it is itself a component action to reveal cards from the action card deck until you reveal three action cards that have component actions draw those cards and shuffle the rest back into the action card deck then purge in our game we did exactly what you can imagine here they never drew a component action card of their own volition. They used the hero to unlock their commander in this game. That yep. is a thing that's possible, but doesn't that also feel like a, not, a nothing great or anything you really want? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So this this hero is very swingy. Um, I think it's it's obviously... I don't want to like get overly complicated about it, but I do want to say this hero is probably the best one, right? Occasionally, yeah. this is going to get you some truly good stuff. That, that is possibly even going to win you the game. It's so good. There's going to be the unexpected action. There's going to be the signal jamming. Yeah. You know, there's going to be that stuff. Right. However, it's also going to be times when it doesn't really do anything. Yeah. Right. It gets you a couple trade goods 
uh, gets you maybe an, an extra tech. That's not nothing. That's yeah. okay. Right. Um, I'm going to argue that I think when this faction was announced that people kind of overestimated this hero. Yeah. That it's just okay. Um, it's worth four stalls. That's pretty cool. However, you're going to find out pretty good at command tokens, this faction. Pretty good economy yeah. on this faction. Yeah. We're not really hurting for stalls. But I would argue that the idea that the Mentac version is the best version of Calaris, that's true. Is it the best by a country mile? Not really. Yeah. Not in my opinion. Yeah. I think these other two abilities are just fine. The extra one gets you six command tokens. That's better than stalls, yeah. bud. Like, that's not... <laughs> right. If it gets you the six command tokens, it's, it probably it's way, will, way though. better. It's, it's it so will. easy. You can just it's abstain, so easy to rig. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you can rig it. You can do whatever. There's a lot of oh, ways sure, to make sure, this sure. thing work. But yeah. You're, the, you're actually right about the abstain thing. Everybody abstains and then... But then, here's the thing. That's why elect player is perfect for this. Right. An elect player comes out, you predict yourself, you know... And then you don't even vote for yourself. You vote for somebody else, and you're yeah. just like, yeah, I mean, you don't want to give it to me, do you? I may get a secret objective <laughs> right. off of that, right? right? You know, that, yeah. th that's the game theory on that. Um, but yeah, you're right. People can't abstain, and then that is, that is kind of annoying. But at least maybe if you feel like they're all going to abstain, depending on where you are in speaker yeah. order, you at least netted an elect player. Well, the point is to just choose the right agenda, right? And sometimes yes. the right agenda just doesn't come out, but if it's like an actually... If it's Minister of Peace and this thing matters who it ends up on, or if it's Darn. political censure and it's a victory point, like people fight for that and then you get to yep. really capitalize on it. So sometimes it hits big and it's going to be amazing. So I, I would say it's like the extra hero has the has the highest potential of all of them because yes. the Mentac one at even its best action card component actions are only so good. You've gained right. four stalls. That's pretty good. It's very rare that you're going to use them to unlock some sort of huge potential. Like the, I think the argument we made is the absolute best thing you could get off of it is unexpected action because that's actually like a thing you can use the commander for to like some court, some sort of like sure. unplanned, sure. very good effect. Unexpected action, and I immediately do the next thing or whatever. Totally, totally. I think the problem too with uh, Irwin's Covenant, the Mentac hero, is that. The, even in the unexpected action case, it is an expected action, actually, yeah, because right. we had to reveal it. Yeah, exactly. So Everybody that means knows. that the players can shift a little bit. It's not like a true unexpected action play where you get to play it and everybody's like, uh-oh, we were afraid of this, yeah. but we did not know for sure to expect it. And now they're just going to be like, you know, looking at your game, being like, oh, I'm gotta, I got to set up against this unexpected action. Very true. So, yeah, you got you to gotta be a little careful with it. I, I All I'm trying to say is that... The Mentech version is the best version, but don't just like, don't think of it like, uh-oh, I had to pick the extra version. Well, that that's no good, and this faction's bad if you have yeah, the extra version. No it's way. not like that. It's yeah. not like that at all. Let's get into their tech. Their first one is one yellow requirement, which if you followed Hunter's ideas, you hopefully start with a yellow, so you can basically tech into this as soon as you want to, and it yep. is called IIHQ Modernization. You are neighbors with players in and adjacent to Mechatol Rex. Then gain the Custodia Vigilia. You cannot lose uh, this card, and Necro cannot copy it. Custodia Vigilia is a legendary planet. It is a 2-3, and while you control Mechatol Rex, the Custodia Vigilia gains Space Cannon 5 and Production 3. 
then also when uh, in any other circumstances gain two command tokens when another player scores victory points using imperial and this is specifically the score if you have mechatorex this is not anything to do with claiming Objectives. of an objective and scoring a victory point this is explicitly someone else on mechatol used imperial and gained a victory point for having mechatol you can then gain two command tokens right so this this tech is very weird um and but it's it's it is good it's uh it's not as good as the next one it's not as essential i would say as the second tech we're going to talk about but what i want to say about it is um, well, first of all, don't mess up like me. When you gain the Custodia Vigilia planet mm -hmm. card, you gain it exhausted like you gain all planets. Yep. Um, that was a little confusing. Um, and once you control it in that next round, you're going to get, you know, it's got three influence on it. So that's worth a token yep. going forward, which is great for your economy. And if you're in control of Mechatol Rex, then you got a, a, you probably got more production than basically anybody except for SAR. Um, the two command tokens part, not going to factor in that often. Not yeah. really going to get you much. But if you're having a bad game, if you had a bad game, you get two tokens. Yeah. Which is nice. That's Great. nice. It's fine. Uh, the next one, though, is your two yellow, which means you can immediately get it after you get IAHQ or if you somehow skip through, whatever. It's two yellow requirement. It is agency supply network. And whenever you resolve production in a system you may resolve an additional production, and that's all caps production, in any system, and the additional uh, does not, you can't like daisy chain, chain this. this a million. No. You can do one extra production, but like yeah. we said earlier, we already covered this, it is a production. It pops Sarween tools. It is a full build of all of the space stocks in that system. We even, uh, I, I didn't realize this until today, if you have Mechatorex and you have a space stock there, and you have Custodia Vigilia, you have six production in Mechatol, yep. unactivated. Unactivated, yeah, that's the thing, is this second production is happening in a system that you are not activating. So that is the most important aspect of the ability, Yep. and that's why I say right here, I'm about to give my MVP of the Calaris Award to Agency Supply Network. It is one of the best faction techs in the game, yep. in my opinion, uh, and makes a strong argument by itself for why Calaris is a good yeah. faction. Yeah. Um, especially in the late game, this gets nuts, y'all. Yeah. I mean, it's the potential, the versatility we get from this is, uh, it's wild. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely the better of the two. Yeah. We will talk more about it as we go throughout this. Uh, the last thing to say is they do only have two commodities, but like we said, they get two of them at the start of the strategy phase. So really it's two commodities twice and you get a trade good at the start of the round. So they're like a, they're like a, three to five commodity factions it's nuts yeah it's nuts um they are they are the nickel and dime uh hakan they yeah. are the dollar store hakan <laughs> where they're just like fire sale here's this little transaction yeah. and that little transaction mm -hmm. and it's it's great it's yeah. it is Man. it is about just trading as much as possible can with you these guys. imagine this faction with trade convoys hakan's promissory Yucky. to give them <laughs> hakan, well, and don't, honestly don't let that happen <laughs> They sort of have trade convoys That's with true. IIHQ because they have this alternate way to become neighbors with everybody who's in and adjacent to Mechatol Rex, which by round two is basically everybody. Yeah, most everybody, so, generally speaking. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
So let us then transition into, we're going to talk about strategy cards. Uh, at times we've talked about strategy cards in the context of just like round one. And at times we've talked about strategy cards in kind of the context of the whole game. Hunter, what's, what is the prevailing sort of, what are we approaching strategy cards with in this guide? Matt, before we get into strategy cards, I want to say, let's take a quick break okay. for an ad read. Hey, that, that sounds fun. All right, Hunter, we're back, and it's time. You, 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 you're you, trying to keep secrets from me. You won't tell me about these strategy cards, and I gotta know what is going on. Are we talking about round one? Are we talking about the whole game? Let's let's get into all eight of these things. Yeah, we're going to talk about early game round one strategy card picks and just our general early game leans. So one thing I'm going to say before we break it down card by card is we are a faction that leans towards construction as our kind of extra thing yeah um we just got done talking about before the break a faction tech that specifically goes real real nice real yeah. real good with a forward dock we right. want that right let's establish that um if we don't get it we have this kind of alternate wiggle room with custodia vigilia giving us three production on mechatol rex and the game i won I did not have a forward dock. Yeah. And I was just squeaking by with yeah. that. Hmm. But it felt squeaky. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would much rather have uh, that construction uh, lean, basically. Sure. Construction lean. So I want lean, to establish that before and, we and, talk about anything else. And also a, we won't say specifically a custodian's lean, although we did talk a lot about gravity drive. I will. But, I'll but, say and, that. Uh, my point was going to say we are primarily a mechatol lean and we can get custodians, so we, we're kind of leaning both at the same time. But we're, we're a Mechatol faction and a Space Dock faction. I would say in most cases, we're about as good at custodians as Soul. And yeah. after claiming it, perhaps even better than Soul at keeping it. Yeah. Um, which is kind of different. I feel like Soul at this point has established this sort of, I take it. I get the I get the thing and then I just kind of get out, you right. know. I've just, got my tempo. Right. But Calaris I feel like has this other thing that happens where they can kind of do like Arborex style. Yeah. Just kind of take Mechatol Rex and hold it and possibly yeah. get, you know, a second bonus point. It's, it's really it. a slap in the face of Arborex, right? Cuz it's the oh, speed yeah. of getting custodians with the staying power of Arborex. Like it's really the perfect Mechatol faction. Yeah, I think I think they're quite good. I I think they rival. You know, I would say Mua is really good at Mechatol Rex as well. I think they definitely are in the same conversation. I'm not sure who is better. Yeah. I think I like Calaris's kit at this point better than yeah. Mua, but that's not saying a lot because I'm a hater. Yeah. Sure. Um, let's talk about the the strategy yes. cards. Okay. So first up, leadership. How do you feel? So leadership is cool. It's going to allow us to follow. We definitely want to follow tech because we want gravity drive, yeah. right? Or, you know, alternatively, we maybe want to get an early Custodia Vigilia so that our economy gets online. If it like, like, let's say we're like fifth pick yeah. and leadership gets to us, that will allow us to tech. It'll allow us to warfare so that we get some more infantry. And also we could do secondary construction. Yeah. That seems pretty good, right? right. Like being able to just kind of plot it out like that. Now, all these things have to, of course, pop off in a good way. Um, which is going to be the real challenge of, I think, a leadership take on round one. But, you know, I trust that you can do it. You have your promissory note. You've got two commodities right out the gate. Make deals. Don't be afraid, yeah. basically. You've got your agent. You have so many little wheel and deal on round one stuff. Your agent can be used on a player that's not even your neighbor. Right. If you're in a non-binding meta, uh, just go wild, my friend. Yeah, just look at uh, it. 
Just let them have it. Wait for trade to pop. And then get someone, you know, someone gets refreshed off a non-binding debt token. And then you say, hey, how would you like to use those commodities right now? Let's mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, next up is Diplo, which is always kind of versus construction. And you've said we have construction lean. So we don't really, we don't tend to prefer Diplo. Is that it? I got two reasons that I don't think that we're much of a Diplo faction. Actually, I got three now that I think about it. Okay. Um, I... You've already established, yeah, we have, we've got a construction lean. So if we're in a six-pick situation, I'm taking construction. Yeah. Um, I also say this. Why help another faction take custodians round one from us? Yeah, we're pretty right. good at custodians. If we're six-pick, you know, maybe some wonky stuff happens and we yeah. end up getting a shot at it. Or maybe even, uh, you know, if things get really wonky and we draw, we follow politics or something crazy like that, get a flank speed. I don't know why that would happen. Maybe sure. it would. I don't know. <laughs> I'd still be playing to crazy outs for the custodians at that point um, versus taking Diplo. Also, if we start with a blue and a yellow, we're not really hurting for any skips early. We've yeah. got access to all the tech that we want in uh, the early game. Right. Uh, so I don't care about a skip, and I don't care about allowing someone else to take custodians from us. I would just say take construction and, and plan out your mid and late game with a wonderful space dock uh, right next to Mechatol Rex. Yeah. That's what I would say. I, I, it's funny how much that has developed over time. The, that, the idea that Diplo only primarily enables a round one Mechatol get. And, and then yeah. you, more often than not, you should seek to avoid that kind of thing. And then obviously there's like stage ones too that are spendies that you're like, uh, am I just allowing everybody to score or whatever? That's what right. comes up, but but especially Mechatol. Uh, speaking of Mechatol, next up is Politics, which is the quintessential take Mechatol in round two card. And it sounds like we like that. Yeah. So yeah, I would I would probably never pass on a shot at Custodians as Calaris. Um, we have a very good Custodian setup. If we start with a blue, we're going to get Grav Drive, and then we're going to take it action one yeah. of round two. Now, what's what's the issue here? There are a lot of round one factions now sure. that, can, that can take Custodians before we get to it. We're not really that good at taking it round one, to be frank. Unless, yeah. unless you start with Gravity Drive, we're going to talk about the Christmas Land situation, which is warfare and gravity drive start or not even necessarily gravity drive start it could be like warfare and we research gravity drive but that's so much money i'm talking about right now it sounds yeah. ridiculous right um and i don't really believe anybody's gonna let you get away with it um so yeah as long as you know look at your neighbors i don't know is mahawk to this table is arjun at this table uh has someone picked diplomacy or do we think someone's going to pick diplomacy then if we get politics, we're probably taking Mechatol Rex. So in most situations, I'm going to say this is our number one pick. This is yeah. what we want. This has the feeling, too, of being consistent throughout the entire game because we haven't talked like a lot about tech yet, but it feels shallow even now. So while we're talking about politics, it just seems like this is also a speaker control. Like we don't have any crazy needs that we have established, which means yep. we can just make sure we're doing speaker control shenanigans. So politics is probably just like the thing to do with this faction. Yeah, we'll talk about tech later, but honestly, it's not a lot that I have yeah. to recommend for you. Um, there's a lot of potential supplemental stuff. There's a lot of business we could get into in the late game if it's needed, if it's necessary. But I think it's totally possible to win a Calaris game off of about three three researches, yeah, basically. Right. You get three tech, and then you're done. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. Construction, 
we obviously like quite a lot. Uh, or, yep. I mean, it's not like it's a first pick. Like, we don't mind being fifth or sixth pick and just going ahead and taking construction. That's the way I think of that. There's almost no factions that are like, oh, I better second pick construction, except for, like, Sar, who, like, yep. needs to make sure it's not not taken. Cabal is maybe in that camp. It doesn't sound like we are to that extent. Yeah, I would say in round one as Calaris, I let's always think about the factors. The factors are this. Do we have a good forward dock planet that we can um, reach <laughs> that we can reach that we can get to that we think it's going to be possible to um do we think another faction might take uh construction are we in a game with cabal are we gonna in a game with sar something like that yeah. um and then just like where are we at in the pick order like matt i think you're correct like in at fifth pick i probably would take construction if i thought you know what I don't think anybody's taking it if I don't take it. Yeah. So yeah, sure. I'll I'll leave leadership to last pick. Whatever. Yeah. You know, if I think if I take leadership on, um, you know, the fifth pick, if that means that diplomacy is the last pick and there's no construction round one, maybe I don't like that because yeah. maybe that you know the game that I played that I won the whole time I was hoping somebody else would take construction. Yep. Um, and round one is really the best time to just get it out of the way and get right. it set up. Well, you know? and let's let's think too about like what we're setting up in the sort of immediate term. Like if we're able to research uh, our our big time tech by what round three on average. If there's yeah. a world where we're going to get it in round two, though, like we need that space dock ready to go. Like right. I I'm thinking of the games where you do start with gravity drive. You're probably going to research IIHQ round one, which means you're getting self or whatever it's called, uh, agency network, agency supply yeah. network. You're agency getting that network. round two. I right. would love to build unlocked out of my forward dock round two. Like, let's aim for that in a in a major way. Right. I agree. Um, and I think that in a in a place where it's possible to skip gravity drive as well. Like, let's say. You get warfare is pretty interesting for us. There's a lot yeah. of interesting considerations with warfare, and, I, and I'm saying that you're yeah. hearing me say that. You hate okay? that thing. <laughs> I hate that thing, and I still think there's a lot of weird stuff we can do with it. Yes, we only get two infantry uh, moving out at the beginning of the game. That does suck, but there's yeah. there's a lot of weird stuff we can get up to. Um, we are sort of a soul faction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and also the other uh, thing about construction is, yeah, in, in the situation where you don't get it, always remember Custodia Vigilia is giving you three production on Mechatol Rex. And that, yes, that does combo with Agency Supply Network, meaning that if we have Mechatol Rex, we do sort of have yeah. a crappy other space dock. Right, right, so, right. There you go. Uh, trade. I mean, we're a nickel and dime trade faction. We like trade. Trade's okay. Um, okay. I think, it's, I think it's pretty good. We, ha we do have some needs. Um, we have, we are a two commodity faction, which is kind of odd, but one of the things I hate about playing Calaris round one is that we have two commodities and if we do not have trade, we don't decide when it happens, Yeah. which means I've been in this situation a couple times now where the trade player will just pop it and I'll be like, wait, I haven't done anything with these commodities and they'll just be like, whatever. Yeah. And then you just, you're just missing out on value now. You're right. not, you're not going to be able to get your commodities refresh because they're already refreshed so nobody cares right um that's not super great so that's my favorite thing about trade um and also like yeah we we have a couple we have a couple needs economically we mm -hmm. got to do warfare and tech uh, however we sort of already have almost all the money we need even without right. trade right you know what i mean um now is trade ever bad no trade is never bad right. that's basically all it's always at least good 
And I would say that's pretty true here with maybe even like a plus one or even two to its uh, its worthiness, Utility, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next up is warfare, which you kind of just talked about, but like we have sort of some special warfare considerations. Yeah, I mean, I it's I just gotta say, I, there is the potential with warfare for us to take custodians round one. It involves kind of a ridiculous amount of money being funneled to us and i legitimately think it's probably only workable if you took the extra start that is you have three influence at home yeah so what you need is teching to gravity drive and then also coming up with three trade goods basically uh, that in that situation you're gonna be kind of you know kind of light on plastic which i don't love yeah however you have a little bit of oomph with Custodia Vigilia that I think could help you squeak by if the other factions at the table are kind of slower, weaker, not as good at Mechatol Rex. Yeah. Um, so that one's very, that's kind of the Christmas land I want to throw out there. Somebody's yeah. going to be able to do that someday. And, it, and and if they get away with it, good on them. They might not get away with it, though. Generally speaking, it sounds like it's among a, it's a, basically a riskier pick to you. It's like, you know what, totally. there's, a, there's other tried and trues you could just go for. It's not an auto pick uh first or second pick or whatever it's like th if to me it feels like trade's going to be better politics is going to be better and then we're about to talk about technology which i know is going to be better than warfare i'll say this for warfare in a what i would call a smart meta where everybody's passing on warfare they don't want to have it round one <laughs> i will take this uh if i'm let's say i'm late in pick order i'm fifth or sixth in pick order and, and no one's gonna even have warfare in the game yeah this is if somebody's playing i think really smart against calaris they would do something like this i will take it myself and do the crappy version of warfare where you activate your home system and build yeah with the uh with the just to get the, the necessary infantry you, just, you need starting with two infantry it's bogus and yeah. you need to get your you need to get your economy online. You know, right. th this is a faction where we're outpacing people because we just have more money and more yep. planets than they do. So, like, I, I do feel like we do we need to solve that infantry problem and get some planets round one. Right. Uh, technology, we've talked a lot about. I mean, it is the gravity drive going for custodians or whatever. Yep. But the bigger question is, is it worth double or do we have any double tech shenanigans? I don't think it's necessary. I, I don't think we have that kind of money yeah. round one. I, I mean, I don't even know who I would say is worthy of double teching these days. Maybe Hakan. Yeah. Uh, and then, the, I don't know. I, I don't even know if I like double teching. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think Calaris has that kind of cash. Um, if you do double tech, I mean, obviously, I think it's Grav Drive and Custodia Vigilia yeah. because, or sorry, I keep calling it Custodia Vigilia. It's actually called IIHQ Modernization. Um, but the point is, if you are going to double tech, you may as well get the one that gives you more influence for the next round. Right. You know, because you're basically spending a lot of your resources on just these techs. So you should at least get the one yeah. that's giving you a bit of a rebate yeah. on make, uh, make that, that investment. Money back. That makes yeah, sense. Make and the then, money back. Uh, we finished with Imperial, but I couldn't even begin to make up a reason why Imperial would work here, especially with our construction lean. Hey, I almost wanted to make an argument for it. Okay. Uh, the, pro the problem, like you said, is the construction lean. Uh, but the idea of this, let's let's create a little scenario real quick. I'll make the argument. So the argument is we're playing as Claris. We're not going to get custodians. We're late in the pick order. Um, if we take Imperial now, we get a secret objective so that when we take Imperial later, yeah. we are not missing out 
on a secret objective. Right. Now, we also give everyone else the opportunity to draw a secret objective, but a lot of the times, I find people don't take that round no. one because they just don't have the tokens for it. The leadership it. person will, yeah. but that's kind of it, right? Right, right. I yeah. don't know. That makes sense. Okay, so uh, the, the strengths here being go for custodians, try to get that forward dock if you can't. What? Where do we fall short? What are our weaknesses? Um, I mean, we have a great start. Uh, there's only really... You know, we we have we have a start where we've got these two problems. So we're like, we want gravity drive, we want two more infantry, but we have answers to that. You know, no matter no matter which home system setup uh, you pick, you're gonna have enough money right off the bat. What am I talking about? Well, we've got a single trade good. Yep. We've got at least three resources at home, no matter how you do it. And I mean, obviously, if you pick Mentech, you've got four, and this yeah. is an easy everyone understands. But don't forget about the agent. So technically, those commodities can be spent as trade goods. We start this game with six resources. Right. Like, the, the agent kind of finagles it a little bit, where you have to make sure you're like, okay, I'm spending these two specifically right now. Right. But it, it is effectively six, y'all. Yeah. So we got it. The idea, I would say, of playing a really good round one would be you know, fighting for custodians as well as we can, but that's going to be dependent on your position and speaker order. Mm -hmm. uh, and then also, like, not using the agent and selling the agent would be ideal. So trading with someone, making, you know, getting real friendly with another faction so that we can get these commodities refreshed and then uh, get them again, basically being uh, a four-commodity faction that's doing an X minus one somehow, or just sending those commodities that we have over in exchange for something like L1's promissory note for an yeah. extra command token or something like that. Right. It's definitely worth our time. Um, yeah, go ahead. I want to propose a stupid thing. Like, I'm, I'm just in my head. You said six resources, and I was like, so so they start like barony starts. Like, what are, what are barony things we could sit sort here of, and yeah. think about? Yeah. And it reminds me of the cheesy bed cheesy bread strategy which was to take fleet logistics round one and then you lean into this idea of like crazy double actions you can do usually it's like about diplomacy like you take a system and then immediately diplo it in round two or whatever sure. and that's sure. like bold kind of wild stuff but i do see a little bit of value in taking tech doing this double tech if we you know we can we, it sounds like we just have the money sitting there because we can on tech use our agent for the commodities even if they haven't been washed yet three bucks three bucks we we get fleet logistics and we're setting ourselves behind a little bit but like with a yellow skip or something if you could get uh the the top level yellow tech right away fleet logistics very fast sounds incredibly potent for like build at home build the forward fleet and immediately send the forward fleet to go do something like that that makes are you proposing this for round one though like a round one fleet logistics you can research? set up i feel like you could set up maybe it's it's it falls short right because you're not going to get you're not going to get that yellow tech in round two when you want it you could get you could get agency supply network uh in round two you require a yellow skip for it though i think is what my what i'm realizing in this moment so it's it's a tall order so it's possible round two but it's more like a round three thing and then yeah maybe it's too slow to matter here's what i'm saying we're starting with six what's the easiest answer here yeah we try it we we start with six guaranteed let's try and let's try and make it eight let's right. try and make it more than that right, right. money wise um let's try and get to eight maybe we won't always get there maybe we'll get seven whatever yeah the point is with Sarween as our starting tech, which is like my favorite one. Yeah. 
Sarween in a blue is pretty cool. Sarween is just cool uh, for, for this faction. Sarween is good again, everybody. <laughs> um, with Sarween, we are building plastic and getting tech. Yeah. That's what I want. That's right. what I want to see as Calaris. Right. I want to build a decent plastic start and I want to research. And it's just like that clean, nice, yeah. beautiful start that like only really the rich factions get to do ever. Yeah. Or the factions that have some sort of, you know, Argent has their alternate weird thing they're doing with the destroyers or whatever. But like, that's what we want to see. We just want to see the plain. This is why Cages hates this faction. Right. That's why a lot of people I see kind of talk down on Calaris. Is there a new faction with a very basic just go blue, yeah. get the faction tech, have a good time kind yeah. of approach? Yeah. Okay, so so that's the baseline. We've just we've d established what we are definitely doing with tech. Grab drive into uh, the faction techs. My first question of two is: Is it definitely get both faction techs, or if I've got that yellow skip, do I need IIHQ, or is it all about the top level uh, one agency supply network? I think in a situation where you have a yellow skip and you have a really good forward dock that you can think about skipping IIHQ. Yeah. Although, even in a situation where I skip it, I will probably debate picking it up later. The point, though, is that getting agency supply network early is probably worthwhile mm -hmm. because we're just maximizing how much plastic we are getting out there and immediately doing stuff with since it is unactivated plastic yeah, yeah. and um, also double use of sarween if we started with it right that's where the factor really helps is with sarween you're actually saving some money i was going to ask in round two if we can have agency supply network is it really do we really have enough money to make like great use of it but the reality is any units forward is good <laughs> like period yeah no matter yeah. even if it's one carrier and two infantry that's sp better for it to be one spot away from your home system or whatever of course and also in a world where we already have gravity drive yes the kind of opportunities i can make up in a vacuum right a here lot. to justify that it's yeah. easy it's easy to make that argument you turn um, into a faction that like first action of every round is activate your home system <laughs> and get right. new stuff on the board basically yeah i mean you're a faction of just like you, you are just kind of guaranteed uh, many opportunities, these yeah. kind of micro opportunities to make money. And you're just being given, I don't even, I mean, the game is just giving you one trade good at the beginning yeah. of every yeah. round. They're just like, there you go. Just take that, huh? Whatever. Yeah. Just get that. Okay. Uh, you have like a super tradable rider for agenda phases. Like yeah. you got right. ways to go after it. So so we we are going for that. We might skip IAHQ, but maybe not. Probably not. It's it's also still just some economic gain. A two three planet's a two three planet. It's a legendary planet. Like that comes up. You might draw the secret to control a legendary planet, and you can just do yeah. that. I think you should generally take IAHQ, even if you come back for it. Like maybe you use that yellow skip to get the other one right away, and I then do it, still yeah. get IAHQ. That makes yeah. sense to me. But what are what else are you looking for? What are other techs you would generally consider? So from from this position of having you know two blue or and and, uh, and two yellow or three yellow, um, obviously we can get any unit upgrades that are sensible. Carrier two, dread two. Uh, I would have maybe one of those, um, depending on what kind of setup you want to go with. That yeah. that one I think kind of breaks down to. Um, how much production capacity do you have? If you have a lot of production capacity, Carrier 2 is probably worth it. If you don't, you should probably go Dread 2. Right. Um, that's kind of the difference for me personally anyways. Um, and then after that, 
you get to the late game and we're just going to be talking about like do you need to go deep blue for any reason right do you need to pick up fleet logistics because remember our commander which a lot of people were excited about i don't really like it that much um and we'll talk about the leader suite in total towards the end of this guide yeah but um i feel like fleet logistics still has a place um i actually won my the game i won i won off of fleet logistics it was because it was a fleet logistics imperial kind of situation yeah um where i was able to do something and then fleet logistics into imperial actually i think they stopped me and then i had to kind of go around and get get weird with it but right. it still felt like it made sense to me um yeah. your your component action into second action thing um really doesn't line up yes most of the time yeah i know? was gonna make that same kind of argument i was just talking about fleet logistics a minute a minute ago and i could always see a pushback of like you know we think about uh, clan Asar's relationship with gravity drive these days and it's a little bit like well your agent almost kind of solves your gravity drive problems yeah. and it's not so big I don't think the Calaris commander does that for fleet logistics no. because no. component actions are few and far between you want to do two action actions you want to take Mechatol and then pop Imperial you want to take a system and then pop Diplo or you want to like I said a minute ago build and then build unactivated stuff and then send that on activated stuff somewhere like fleet right. logistics still has a ton of utility and if we're on Mechatol with a lot of production, Custodia Vigilia and a space dock is six that can be unactivated. Light wave is huge. <laughs> like yeah. if it, depending right. on where you need to get, that's any home system in the game you can get to uh, with the right build. So yeah, the the heavy blue unit upgrades is boring, but boring because it's so good. Yeah, yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up uh, that I did not talk about in the early game, however, um, it does feel like worth bringing up now that we're talking about tech when it comes to agency supply network, if for some reason someone takes warfare in the mid or late game, which does happen, it's not super frequent, but it does happen. Uh, whenever you do the secondary of warfare, you are producing in your home system from one space dock, unactivated units. And yeah. then that is triggering agency supply network, which right. is going to allow you to produce more unactivated <laughs> units in the forward dock. Yeah, they are Just both instances of using production, huh? <laughs> yeah, using production abilities. Now, what I've just said, maybe that gets taken out. Maybe that gets eroded. Maybe you are, you're going to hear me in a future episode say, uh-oh, it doesn't work like that anymore. Uh, but my current understanding is uh, is that that is how it works. Yeah, yeah, so there you wow. go. Go ahead and Ridiculous. highlight that one as questionable. But <laughs> <laughs> sure. I've done it. People let me do it. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, we've covered tech. We've covered all, all this other stuff. What I feel like we haven't settled yet, though, is we we like money but it feels like it's a slow thing what is our actual trading philosophy how are we approaching yeah. this weird timing of all of our commodities and our rider uh -huh. we haven't talked about our rider at all like what's our money situation we are the dollar general hakan okay <laughs> we are store brand baby uh we are nickeling and diming everywhere yeah okay we're making a lot of money in small numbers okay right. uh first thing we can nickel and dime easily promissory note sell it for whatever it gives it gives the player it is a rider that gives the player the opportunity to make two trade goods and an action card that's just a little bit of something uh i sell it every time or I'll sell yeah. it for a trade good. I'll sell it for a promise that you'll give me one of the trade goods you get. Or yeah. if if it's if it's real hardcore, I've had people offer me, I'll give you both the trade goods if I get it. Mm -hmm. Which that's cool. 
Um, I don't know why someone would do that for you <laughs> if you're winning, but in, in some situations, people will say that. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, at least get one trade good of value out of it. Uh, and then that way they're getting one trade good and an action card. Seems fair to me. Yeah. Um, I'd even sell it for debt. I'd even sell it for the promise right. of something. Just make a little bit of money all the yeah. time. You are X-Chaw's dream partner, too. I'll say yeah. this much. You you just are giving this to X-Chaw every single time for a dollar. And yep. and then you almost start a bidding war because you just want, like the other players, want X-Chaw to slow down. Other players are like, I'll give you both trade goods just so we stop giving X-Chaw action right. cards or whatever. Like, it right. becomes this whole meta problem oh and 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 you gotta keep track of the idea that Isarl's gonna like this even more yeah. than anybody else right so yeah just just remember those little interactions those little reasons that like ooh, okay i would set the price at a trade good and then like oh if there's some other aspect of it yeah um with this like promissory note it's kind of a little engine that could situation it's also something you can kind of give up for free yeah as like uh, we're besties. We're boat floating real right. good. You are you are a really good boat float faction. Um, and so do not hesitate to kind of become besties and give all these little these little deals you can do with people all the time. Um, also keep in mind that you can sell your trade agreement in the agenda phase for an immediate payoff for the other player. Right. Um, they, they are literally going to get two trade goods at the beginning of the strategy phase by you selling your trade agreement then so that's great um you get to go ahead and spend those commodities that you had i think this is like not necessarily the easiest like kind of value proposition but remember if you are trading in the agenda phase that you sort of have like two trade goods right that you can kind of immediately give out if you're uh deep in an agenda phase negotiation um, you always have these two that you can just kind of like, you know what? I'm going to bargain these right. uh, because I want this agenda to go my way. So you're you're a pretty effective negotiator in the agenda phase yeah. with that. Even with the nickel and diming, though, too. I mean, you can just call it an X minus one and give me a like we're about sure. to finish this agenda phase. Let's just make it simple. Give me a dollar. I'll give you the thing. You'll make the dollar back and then one. And we just each go up a dollar. That's like the most boring way you could do this. But you could just do that literally every single agenda phase once right at the end and make make that money and that's two trade goods you have going into the next right. round <laughs> with your other ability i i don't know how often i would do that because of our agent will sure. always allow us to spend those commodities exactly. but again it kind of just comes down to like what kind of game are you having with this other player you know what i mean maybe yeah. this is how you're boat floating them is just kind of passing on that C every claris time. is a great test of remember the after the mahawk guide we got some errata and people talking about like commodities are not being treated like their proper value commodities are getting treated like just less trade goods when actually right. commodities can be where like com commodities are trade goods for other people right. yes. and Calaris is like putting that to the test it's yep. Calaris is a way of looking at a faction and being like how can you make sure you make the best use of these commodities because while you're nickel and diming everyone else if you nickel and dime yourself with just constant x minus ones you're actually missing out on a lot of value you can get totally. out of those two commodities that you get twice totally um, and, and we're not going to talk about exploration today yet. Um, I think maybe if we ever did like a, like a, like a deeper dive on Claris in the future, maybe we would break down specifically their exploration options. Right. But wow, Industrial you could really planets. talk about a lot of, you could talk about a whole lot of not a lot in yeah. this episode <laughs> right now, if you wanted to break down all of the weird Claris stuff they could do with just starting with commodities. Yeah. I mean, any industrial planet 
you're talking about a lot of potential value Very good. there. Hey, hey, remember how some industrial plants give you mechs? And remember how we talked a lot about this faction having really good mechs? Yep. And you yep. can just yep. do that yep. for free? Keep your commodities, y'all. Do 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 cool stuff with the commodities. Don't just do trade cool them all stuff away right them. away. Well, uh, and see, that's what sucks is, is with round one, like what I was talking about, you're kind of at the mercy of the trade person. So I would say be fast and loose with them. If you think trade is popping first action, I don't know. Just give them to somebody. Yeah, just be like, right, I don't right. know. I'll give you these for anything. Just give me something. Come <laughs> yeah, on. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do uh, it. The, the thing we felt, now this is, of course, it's because they were a new faction. But in our game, we were trying to play so hard against Calaris because we just knew they were going to make a lot of money. So we, we were, as a table, like, let's all be shrewd. But what we felt over time was it just doesn't matter because of this nickel and dime thing. Everything sneaks by. Everything is Calaris getting in and being like, hey, for a dollar, this. Hey, for a dollar, one little thing. Hey, for that. Yeah. And, like, no matter what we did, we were trying to play hard against Calaris. We didn't let Calaris on Mechatol Rex the entire game. And they did have a significantly worse game never getting access to mechatol rex it was pretty right. rough for them custodia vigilia is very is not a good tech without mechatol rex like it's yep, it's, it's just not. kind of a planet it's that not. exists but even outside of that they were making hand over fist just slowly in these incremental little loads no matter yeah. even when like three of the players are like don't don't deal with them everybody always finds an opportunity to get in that one tiny deal and it's like it's that whole thing of like well this one little deal couldn't hurt and then you right. forget that everybody did that every single opportunity it came up it's a million little deals. You're like, you're just like a cheap, you're a flea market. You're yeah. a flea market uh, <laughs> player, basically. Just selling your wares for whatever you can get. And if you can get anything, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Except for my one exception to all of this. Everything we got pretty cheap. The alliance we yes. got to talk about. So this I is... don't like the hero or the commander yeah. very much. I don't think it's very good. I don't right. think you should really spend too much time thinking about it. However... Some of the other factions can get a lot of use out of this, okay? A lot of use. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because a lot of them can't, right? There's plenty of... Sure. It, oh, yeah. It, it's the whole thing is what you require is that your kit has an ability that is a component action. Yep. That's what we. That's what you need. And a meaningful sure. component action, right? Yep. I mean, you can look at Asarl, and Asarl's thing is stall tactics, component action. Well, that's not something that's going to combo with this. You know, Nomad starts with Sling Relay. That's pretty. That's that's getting better. That's towards this being like a good thing for them. But Hunter, what are the what are the danger zones <laughs> of your alliance? Well, so so L1's hero get, giving L1 a kind of conditional fleet logistics specifically for the hero play. It's pretty awesome. We're talking one-time use, but we're talking big-time use, yeah. buddy. Okay? <laughs> uh, and also, what's notable about that, L1 has your alliance, let's say. Let's say. We're, we use the L1 hero to move our giant fleet next to, guess what? Your home system, Calaris. Uh -oh. We are now active. We, we've done that. And now with our second action, we're going to activate your home system. <laughs> oh, no, we have to give your alliance back. Well, too late. We've already used it, bud. Yeah, yeah. We've already used it for what we needed. Yeah. Okay? That's pretty cool. L1 would love fleet logistics for the hero, but just having it for that one use, also going to work. Pretty nice. Yeah. Mahakt, basically the same story. Benediction and then immediately another action. That's pretty cool. The big time one, though, is Muat. Muat's whole kit is just component action. <laughs> so many. And you're just letting them combo it and do whatever they want with it. Yeah. Like, you, you, I don't know. I don't know if you should sell this to Muat. I don't know how much you, they got to give you to yeah. get this. 
I'll say this though: what the ideal situation is, you sell this to literally anybody yeah. before you've unlocked it, and then just never do that. Yeah, because it's just unless you've got unexpected action, it's just that not that good for you, buddy. Yeah, that's what our Calaris was doing this whole game. We I don't even remember if we had a meaningful. We had an L one in our game, but our Calaris preceded every deal. Like, do you want to buy my alliance? I don't plan on ever getting it off like my our claris played it as though they were handing out betray a friend like hey do you want to betray a friend oh, would sure. you like to betray yeah. a friend this is no other use besides betraying me do you want to eventually betray me that's fine if you want to i don't care uh but i i yeah i i think that this thing is incredibly hard to sell outside of the these crazy situations where then you're like uh do you sell it muat is interesting because muat has a has a promissory note of their own that it works in the opposite direction, right? It's way right. too expensive to ever get enough for. So do you think Muat giving up Fires of the Gashlight is equivalent to giving your alliance to Muat? Is that an equitable deal, maybe? Huh. I don't war know. Sons? I don't... Unlocked War Suns for the Calaris, right. right? I build right. a War Sun with Light Wave that goes... I think it is. I think if the that, money think situation Muat, is yeah. out of control, I think if, if we were doing a... Should it or can it war sun? Mm -hmm. I feel like I would have to say Calaris might be able to in this specific That's case. That's what I'm saying. I think yeah. Muat and Calaris should get in bed together and they should make they should float boats. I think they would make natural buddies. Being yeah. able to umbot and then immediately do another action is like pretty cool. The problem yeah. is you're both gunning for the same thing, which yeah. is Mechatol Rex. <laughs> so I don't really know how that part is resolved, Matt. <laughs> yeah. But you're I right. like I like the potential. In a it game seems, where you yeah. Just do the very good. You have a Cohen Jail ear adjacent to Mechatol Rex or something. Right. That's when you can do this relationship because then Muwak can have the Mechatol they want. The table doesn't want you on Mechatol, but you have this other killer forward dock that you just still get crazy value out of. Yeah, I just feel like you got to have them bonus points though, right? Yeah, I mean, your Calaris, your Mechatol Rex faction. I mean, unless we've happened to luck into Shard of the Throne or some business like that, maybe yeah. we started with Scanlink and we went real exploration heavy, yeah. you know, which we can do. We are pretty good at command tokens because I mean, we're getting a lot of value. I'll say this. Maybe this is why you do the deal with Muat ASAP. You say, Get, uh, Alliance for the thing. Let's do this. Show them the component action card in your hand. Be like, I pr I'll prove to you that I will do this. Let's get this thing done as fast as possible. Because if I can get my War Sun above Mechatol Rex before you can bring your War Sun to Mechatol Rex, I win. <laughs> and right. you won't fight me for it. I think that's, that's what Clarice has to do. <laughs> that's true. My final note on trading before we get into just conclusions and ending this guide um, is that because we are a Mechatol Rex faction, I would say... Start talking about support for the throne early. Yeah. Our plan is going to be to end up on Mechatol Rex. We would like, ideally, to swap before people start looking at you being like, oh, well, if I swap with you, I don't get Mechatol Rex. Yeah. Let's say a situation where you don't get custodians, another player does, but you're going to be able to kick them off Mechatol Rex. Maybe you should support swap with that person. That might be a good target, right? They've already got their bonus point or whatever. Maybe they feel like they don't need it anymore. Yeah. Now you can be in charge of Mechatol Rex with without that person as a rival for it. I don't know what you gotta go, gotta do. I just know anytime I'm doing a guide and I'm saying, let's take Mechatol Rex and let's hold it, my number one problem is gonna be like, uh-oh, what if no one wants to support swap with us and, and everyone else is getting the swaps. Now we're just down a point. Yep. Uh our, our bonus point went to no avail because we didn't get the, the support swap. Right. Okay, well, let's wrap this thing up. What are our final takeaways? I think 
And I've already said it's MVP, but I just think you are you absolutely require agency supply network. Yeah. To just to just get it done. To it's just actually be viable. That's yeah, actually that's, your faction ability. It, that's what we're gunning for. It's almost it's not mirror computing, but by golly, I think it's up there. Yeah. I think it's in the top five faction right. techs. Um Custodia Vigilia is nice as like supplemental. You know, I already talked about the situation where you don't have a forward dock and you're just kind of squeaking by with that three production. Guess what you can get with three production? You can get three mechs on Mechatol Rex. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say for the uh, for the 50th time, the mechs are straight up broken. Yeah. Using them to lock down Mechatol Rex really helps you get the tempo going real good. Yeah. yeah. A, a note on the brokenness of them, because I think this is like a thing that's being... It's a, it's a hotly debated thing. Here's here's the way you think about the mechs. And it's sort of similar to what we talked about with the Argent Hero earlier, which is that it's this defensive thing that keeps someone from opportunity striking you. If there's a wind slay that has to happen, the table will make it happen. They just got to give someone three trade goods or whatever. Like a couple trade goods will be just fine. It is dodgeable. But what it mostly does is prevent people from doing weird little opportunity strikes on Mechatol. Now the table has to agree on it or it has to specifically be Hakan or somebody who's like got the trade goods ready to go. It just makes it all much much more annoying. It's not like you are this untouchable fortress. It's that the players really 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 have to consider if it's worth their time. And that's a yeah. lot. I'll say this. I think that with Calaris you should be hoping to get your bonus points out of the way early. Yeah. Don't try and end this game with Imperial on Mechatol Rex. Because if you hold true to that, let's say you don't get custodians, but you t do take Imperial in round two and then take Mechatol Rex from whoever just sent like a carrier and a one mm -hmm. infantry or whatever. You take it and then you go ahead and get your Imperial point. Yes, your secret tempo is off. We can recover if we do it on round two. We yeah. just got to focus. Maybe we started with DET, which is going to help us. Okay. Um, if we do that, then what's going to happen is when the players decide... Oh, we gotta we gotta do something about Calaris. They're not gonna be worrying about Mechatol Rex. They're gonna be right. gunning for your home system, which is why I say have the mechs on Mechatol Rex because you're basically saying, look, uh, it's gonna be tough to take it from me, and it's not even necessarily gonna stop me from winning as far right. as point tempo goes. And guess what? You get out of that six influence every round yep. for the rest of the game, Wicked which dude. is massive. Yeah. Every time I've played Calaris, even when I lost. I was able to secure Mechatol Rex for a couple rounds, giving me that hardcore command token advantage. And yep. especially if you have Custodia Vigilia, that means Me Mechatol Rex is, I mean, not actually, because Custodia Vigilia is going to give you the three influence no matter what. Mm -hmm. But it's sort of like, ah, I got nine extra influence. That's pretty helpful. That's pretty okay? good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we want, we want that versatility from Agency Supply Network. In the late game, it will help us score secret objectives yeah. it will help us make a last maneuver of oh i'm gonna build my flagship and suddenly send it out and you didn't even know i was gonna do that right. basically right. the flagship itself not that great is it is it important to your strategy i don't think so to influence at one time that's something anybody can come up with yeah okay yeah a, a point hunter that you promised me earlier was to kind of combine we need to synergize our idea of our heroes and our planets and maybe we can kind of finalize our thoughts just on leaders in general just like the the actual kit of Calera's. what does this thing end up looking like because we kind of talked about them separately earlier 
yeah, I think the leader suite is mostly bad, and I would not worry about it so much. Um, the agent is my favorite aspect of it. It's helping make sure you're always getting some value out of starting with your commodities at the beginning of every strategy phase. That's nice. Not knocking on it. Yeah. The commander is, I think, going to be rarely better for you than it will be for one of your opponents, and it's not even going to be good for your opponents in every game. Yeah. Um, ideal situation, as I've already described, is to maybe sell off your alliance and then never unlock your commander. But <laughs> now that I've said that on this show, right? good luck ever do getting away with that, buddy. I think yeah, I just hosed it. any potential with that. Sorry. <laughs> That's what we do on this show is we ruin perfectly good strategies by talking about them out loud. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Each of your heroes pro provide decent value, but I wouldn't really stress too much about the differences between them, even if the Mentech one is the best one with air quotes. Yeah, right, right. So so then combining the heroes with the home systems, uh, you wanted to talk about like the Argent home system or whatever, yeah. basically. The, the, or I, even the extra home system. Sure. They're supposedly worse, right? It's more planets at home. That's not good. That's more wind slayable than a single planet that we have to protect. But I would say this. Uh, if we Let's say we have Argent. We have a three-planet home system. That's, that's bad. That's annoying. But if you play carefully, you're always going to have like kind of a big unactivated fleet, right? Like ideally, if we have agency supply network, we are trying our best to have lots of plastic that we aren't activating until like the last second, mm -hmm. right? So what that means is hopefully if we get windslayed, we can counterattack the windslay. Yeah, right. So in that case, I would say our priority in a multi-planet home system is just do not lose the space dock. Right. Forget the other planets. Who cares? Three-planet right. home system. I don't care. Leave the other ones empty. Yeah. Just be dropping infantry on that planet so that our big fleet can turn around if necessary and right. come back and take the other two. Right. Every round, you're activating home so that you can build somewhere else unactivated. Yep. That build at home gets to use Sarween tools, and you have, f at, at minimum, you have four production supply. You can just build two infantry for free at home. Yep. Call it, be Every done time. with that, right. and then do your big build elsewhere spending actually your money. But that's two infantry Every single round, so that by round five, Windslay stuff, it's at least 10 infantry on the only planet that matters. And the yeah. other two you can take back. I got Windslayed uh, in a game by a Sardak player that used the hero on me in order to bypass my decent fleet in the air uh, and just take one of the planets underneath, right? So then how, how did the response work? Well, it was a little bit like this. I activate my home system sending a couple ships with bombardment in order to kill those Sardak infantry. There's maybe a mech on there. We pick up some infantry off of the space dock home right. system. We land them. We, we throw them at the Sardak. We get our home system planet back. We build at the end of that activation yep. in the space dock in the home system, replacing the infantry that we've sent away to take back our home system. And then we build again at our forward dock, replacing the ships that we just sent home right. to, to prevent the Winslay or to, to counterattack the Winslay. Yeah. That's awesome, okay? That totally owns, and <laughs> it is why I love Agency Supply Network. You gotta get it, okay? <laughs> you just do, okay? You gotta get this guy, folks. Come on, you he's, gotta he's get so this hot guy. right now. <laughs> he's, so, he's hot, okay? The stocks, they're rising, Matt. They're taking off. 
Polaris is here, and Calaris owns. Uh, I have one more note, actually, in the outline, and it should have been mentioned earlier. I didn't even know <laughs> where to put it. Yeah. I, I probably should have said it during trading meta. Whatever. Uh, but for some reason, the last note of this review, that, or this guide, it's this a review. review. This Let's is a review of players. Oh, oh, next oh. one. No more guides. We just review every faction. Review. I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to rate it out of 10. There's a little something for everyone, um, is what I'll say. <laughs> the replay. I, I love the replayability. <laughs> um, I'll say this. So, And you probably put this together when we were talking about trading and meta, but if you were listening closely... Anytime someone's saying, oh, do many, many transactions all for <laughs> peanuts, Mentac will hear that and be like, yum, yum, yum. Mm. I would like to pirate the heck, yeah. the pants off of Calaris. Uh, and I would say that they are like one of your worst enemies in this way. I would never, ever want to be neighbors with a Mentac. And you don't even have a choice. You have a planet that's stuck adjacent to Mechaton. Like you get Custody of Agilia. Yeah. Yep. You don't get to leave it's that. Horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I maybe, I don't even know what I would do if I was playing against Mentac as Claris. I would just be like, ugh. Yeah. Just, I don't know. You I, have to I, get I, Promise of Protection. You just have yeah. to. And I don't, have I don't do know what, what it costs. But you have right. to get promise of protection. It's will. It's worth talking about at least. Yeah. I would at least bring it up. Yeah. But yeah. Um. And also, uh, as far as enemies go, anybody that also is good at Mechatol Rex is your enemy, your sworn sure. enemy. Muat, you suck. Get away from me. Yeah. Soul, I hate you. Get out of here. Our, our you know. game was Cabal. A Cabal raced Ugh. for Mechatol, locked it down hard, and it just Sucks. that was the game. And it wasn't just that Cabal locked it down hard. It was that Cabal took it, and we all looked at Cabal and said. You're fine to stay there as long as we just keep Imperial out of out of Cabal's hands. Which right. we were lucky in that Cabal took it when they didn't have like a they didn't have Good a chance speaker to order. do speaker order stuff. So they were never going to get Imperial, and so then it's like no one's ever going to soften up them on Mir right. Mechatol Rex. They just don't care, and so then Calaris never gets to 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 do anything about it. It can be rough. It can be rough. Don't get me wrong. I I I'm hot on this faction. I think they are quite good. Uh, I do not think they are S tier. No. I don't think they are a new tippy top. Our, our game was proof of this. Our player played them very well. They were in the contention to win. They barely used a single ability besides like right. just that general nickel and diming. But they never, right. they did not get agency supply network. They oh, no. never unlocked their commander. Like they just, they didn't do anything. I don't even remember their hero being, they used their, that's right. They used their hero to unlock their commander. Like it was just all nothing. And yet the nickel and diming did enough. And that's kind of just like the whole ability is like, ah, make some money. And so if we had thrown Mentech into the mechs, I think that this faction would have completely floundered. It wouldn't have been able to accomplish anything. Ugh. Yeah, that would have been rough. Okay, that's what we got. Yeah, there is our guide first to take. the Calaris. Um, yeah, first take. I'm sure we'll do uh, a, in a year or two years. We'll Whatever do the the 2.0 version of this. 24 more factions from now will come back yeah. to Calaris. I guess. Yeah, but that's not to say we didn't do Perea Arata for this episode because we've already basically done like sort of two episodes about Claris, kind of, yeah. or like one and a half. We've right. already had thoughts, but if we missed anything, please, 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 please let us know. We would love yeah. to do some more errata. So, uh, and that, that what we're saying is that doesn't have to be just like stuff we messed up completely. We're going to get comments of like, you said this thing completely wrong. That's fine. But actually, I genuinely want to hear takes we didn't talk about, like just right. stuff. I, I would love to next week have some uh, errata on this episode of just like, here are some random other ideas people pieced together. We avoided anecdotes 
this episode, and I think we can dive into some anecdotes maybe next week. So if you've got totally. just random ideas of Calaris, let's play around in that space a little bit. Let me know your vision for this faction yeah. that is none of the above, that right. is alternate to this take, yeah. okay? If you think I'm too hot on Agency Supply Network and you want to throw some cold water on it, do it by yeah. all means. This is an old school. Give <laughs> us the heat. Yeah. Errata episode. I expect it to be vicious. Yeah. Come Hurt at me. me. I miss you. Okay. <laughs> Come at me. I miss you. I, I want the early days again where we used to say stuff on this show and then people would write all sassy uh, in and be uh, like, oh, I don't know. You don't know what wrong. you're talking about. Well, we'll post this. Hey, you know what, Hunter? We can post this episode on Reddit and then we'll just we'll yes. get exactly that. We this should. One, we yeah. should do that. We're you, doing that with this You one. do it. You I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll post it and it'll be so fun. <laughs> Welcome back, Reddit. I missed you. I didn't. Hey, thank you to our weird bears, Big Al Cappuccino, Anvilier, Squeamish, Emu, Brassbird, Brian, Kalu, and Dark Jutsu, Goondock, Carnal, Totally Calculating Poet, Kindred Spirit, Alice, Lord Raddington, Bagels, Emblashevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Ricky, M44, Rwise, Fancy Ceiling, Wecker, and Holio to Penguin. Dear goodness. Weird. Okay, sorry. I... We're deep in in. weird bears right now. We're deep in weird bears. Mama's lovely larva is, my son is also named Bort Tautology, is what it is. Frank G, Rekka, Jadim, Jedi, Grax, her Uncle Batty, and Teddy's Jam for you. Homebrewers Guild, uh, we just did our game last week with the new strategy card, the the attempted strategy card. It went okay. Uh, There were some weaknesses to the attempt, and I don't think it's the future of tournament meta. Uh, but right. we learned what works and what doesn't work. I I do feel more firmly that a ninth strategy card doesn't really work in six-player games. You can't just throw a ninth strategy card in there. You would have right. to fundamentally redesign the entire suite around the idea that there are nine because the economies just get thrown way too far off by the introduction of a single strategy card. It really messes everything up. And I tr- I tried to design one that, like, accounted for that and it still right. threw everything off it just got gross right. but next month what we want to do and what we've already started on is i want to add a couple cards maybe even just one to each exploration deck that's Ooh. frontier and industrial and hazardous and cultural and i want those to be contestable victory points what we're thinking of is thinking back to artifacts from twilight imperium third edition oh which we that's about awesome in a few instances we want to add or to put it in ti4 terms think about the relationship between crown of amphidia and tomb of amphidia yeah. now imagine tomb of amphidia doesn't require a relic what kind of constraints would we need to put on a victory point i want more quests i don't just want this planet is now worth one victory point i want you to have to do something so let's add new little signposts to the game but also i want this to make scanlink feel a lot better like hey actually i'm gonna research scanlink in round three because i just want to start digging through these to try and find these cool victory point attachments or whatever and more importantly than all of that is i want this to be additive so we're not like redoing the entire exploration deck i literally just want to add one or two cards that fit in with everything else so it's just this random draw of getting something that might pay off later it's too much for the random draw to be an entire victory point but if it's a random draw and i have this new little thing to work on and everybody can see that i'm working on it and then it's you know whatever uh we've had some great submissions already uh absol already literally had like a cool artifact mechanic it might be that and we might tweak her idea before we do the game but that's what i want that to do i do not have a date for that game yet but since the finals are coming up it's either going to be after the finals or like we kind of established 
we have like a bunch of downtime between the semis and the finals. So it's very likely that this game can happen like something along the lines of July 9th or July 16th. Those are very, very available dates at the moment. So uh, we will we will nail one of those down uh, here soon. But send me your artifact exploration cards. Cool. Awesome. Um, and uh, you can rate us. Guess what? You can rate us on your podcast app of choice, especially Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, and now Spotify. That's been true for a long time now. Uh, you can check out our website, spacecatspeaceturtles.com, for access to our Patreon, our Twitter, our Discord, our merchandise, and our etc. <laughs> and also, please send us this Imperium Life Stories to spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail.com. Matt, do we have a play of the week? I got a play of the week for you. This is from Weaver CT, and this is the this. Well, I'll I won't spoil what this one is. I won't I won't read the title. Here we go. <clears throat> I drafted Cabal, knowing that Nomad, Muat, Soul, and Nazroka were already drafted, and that I had Nomad and Soul as neighbors. The sixth player drafted Necrovirus, and the game was started. The first two objectives were to spend eight influence and to have four or more structures on the board. Every faction in our game only started with one structure. Okay, hey, things are looking good. People are going to take construction a lot, huh? That's great for Cabal. Uh, fast forward to round three. Necro and Muat had some kind of back alley deal in the round two agenda where Muat would vote on an objective and give prototype Warsun 2 to Necro. Muat had both of their war sons on the table. Necro had plenty of resources to put one on the table. I was second or third pick. Technology was available, so I took up my first action. I popped technology, and I took Vortex for my first tech. I had my third deck dock on the board, and as construction was played first as well, I spent six resources on my two yellow skips in a gamble to research Dimensional Tear 2. Mm -hmm. Whoa, weird. At this point, I didn't have much for technology. I asked Necro if they wanted a tech, and they asked what would it cost. I told them nothing, and I activated Mechatorax and sent a single carrier there to be destroyed by Necro's assault cannon. He took the bait, and he copied Dimensional Tear 2. The rest of the table asked, why would I do such a thing? And I played it off that I just thought it was funny. They didn't realize the trap had been set. At this point, I only had two victory points, so I had to bide my time. Meanwhile, Necro went on a tear and took a dock from Nomad with an attack and the infiltrate action card. I now had six dimensional tear tokens on the board, and I was counting the number of ships that I would have to roll for whenever I popped my hero. It was an obscene amount, covering 20 system tiles. <laughs> we went into the next agenda phase, and I had two plans for round four. My first action would be Vortex, a Necro War Sun. Then I would release my hero. The first agenda was kind of moot, but the second agenda was wormhole research. My heart sank. Every nomad ship I cared about eating was in the wormhole nexus. Eight necro ships were on beta and alpha wormholes, including their war sun. The Muat ships that would have would have to roll for my hero, including their forward war sun, were also on a beta. Sol was happy to destroy a single fighter to gain uh, attack. Nomad was happy to trade their flagship in to destroy eight necro ships and three Muat ships uh, for their parts in taking the nomad space dock. Necro had lost 29 resources worth of plastic, and Muat lost 13. At this point, all I could tell myself was to keep calm and let them rebuild. In round four, Nomad started off by taking his plants back from the now-weak Necrovirus, and even though there were only five dimensional tears left on the board, I was feeling better. 
Nomad would have to roll for five dreadnoughts when my hero popped, and I would happily take any and all of them. I stalled with Vortex and grabbed a lowly soul carrier. It wasn't enough to fill the void that would have been a Necro War Sun, but it was something. The rest of the round saw Necro Mua and Nomad rebuilding. I kept counting ships in the 19 affected tiles. Warfare was being stalled, and I wanted to wait until that happened to use my hero. So again, I passed for round four. Round five came along, the rest of the table secured their strategy card picks, and I was counting again. There were 17 ships on 19 oh affected tiles. This was it. My first action, I informed the table I would be using my hero and rolling dice for all ships on tiles in or adjacent to all dimensional tears. This was when the Necro player groaned. He had just realized my plan all along. The dice were rolled, and when the dust settled, I was able to get two Nomad Dreadnoughts, one Soul Carrier, two Necro Cruisers, one Necro War Sun and Fighter, Ugh. and one Muat War Sun and Fighter. Oh when my we, god! <laughs> when we added it all up, it was 36 or 40 resources worth of plastic, depending on which side of the table was looking at it. Muat had lost a second War Sun without a shot being fired. Necro had lost a second War Sun as well. Wow. Kablamo. That, <laughs> that rules. That is completely insane, Matt. <laughs> completely nutty there's your lesson as necro not only is dimensional tear already like not that great of a tech but it is just a like wait for the cabal hero to have right. already been popped before you even consider taking it if cabal even researched it in the first place but let this be a warning to you all out there yeah it is just i mean there's there's basically no upshot in having <laughs> dimensional tear too as necro there's just a million downshots. Yeah. There's also like you're if you have dimensional tear two as necro, you're making it so that like what like roughly like probably a third to a half of all systems are systems where brave the void can be scored. Yeah, like, do we really need to make that like easier to score? Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know. I think it's bad. I think it's not good. Let's not do that, right? I mean, right? I mean, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know either, I guess. Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>